Broadcasting live from the Campbell Student Union Center at Buffalo State, this is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Here's your host, Evan DePasquale. Welcome to The Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. I am your host, Evan DePasquale. 91.3 FM WBNY is Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982, brought to you by the Student Activity Fee. I am your host, uh, Evan DePasquale, and I got uh, a couple of my friends uh, here. I've got um, Alex and uh, Dan with me, um, and let me tell you, I'm... I might lose my mind after watching uh, that game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, that was a... Um... How are you doing today, Evan? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not okay right now. I'm very, very mad. How in the world do you lose to... I, I mean, I, I don't know if you could say the Detroit Lions are the worst team in the NFL because they've been in games. But how do you lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars in Urban Meyer? I just don't get it. When your offensive line can't stop a nosebleed, you're not going to succeed. That's that's what it comes down to. Uh, Cody Ford may legitimately be the worst offensive yeah, lineman I've ever watched. Um, that was just abysmal. I mean, how, how important is Spencer Brown to this team, though, huh? I mean... I mean, you take out Spencer Brown, now you're forced to put Daryl Williams back at right tackle, and now what, Cody Ford's suiting up? I mean, he he made somebody who had, what, three career sacks up to that point look like an all-pro. Yeah. I mean, well, that was abysmal. Well, I mean, Evan, you asked how do you lose. Uh, you lose by putting up six points <laughs> against the Jaguars. Um, I mean, our defense, they, they did their job. Right? Yeah, they... I mean, they, they nine points, right? You, you held a team to nine points. If you, held, if you hold a team under double digits... You should win the ball game. Right? This this is what I say, and I said this when they played Jacksonville in the wild card game back in 2017. I will tell you this right now: that if you hold a team to ten points, you can win any game. Mm-hmm. But if you only put up three points in that situation, you will never win. And that's the same situation here. You can put up. You could put up nine, uh, hold your opponent to nine points. You can easily win that game. But if you only put up six, I'm, I, I'm telling you, like I, I was as soon as they lost that game, one seed came out of my head. Super Bowl is still in my head, but it's still not completely there. Uh, we got a caller on on the line. Um, uh, 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 I don't know where you're from. Caller, you're on the air on WBNY. Go right ahead. Can y'all hear me, man? Yeah, I can hear you. This is John from Yonkers. Bro, that was the worst Bills game I've ever seen. That was abysmal. That was absolutely terrible. Um, we're spo- We have the number one ranked offense in the league, or did. We only scored six points. Uh, red zone efficiency a problem. If we'd scored in the red zone, we would have won the game. But that's a story for another day. Our running game is absolutely atrocious. Our offensive line cannot stop a nosebleed, as was said. They cannot block a soul. Um, so many stupid, stupid, stupid penalties, personal fouls. The refs were bad, but the Jags are worse. Like, I cannot put this on the refs. Like, we lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, guys. We lost to Urban Meyer. We lost to Trevor Lawrence. 
Like, that, that was – I've never been so embarrassed to be a Bills fan. I felt more I felt more embarrassment than the Chargers game where Nathan Pierman threw five picks. You know why? We were supposed to win yesterday by 50. Like, we were not supposed to lose that game. And we did, embarrassingly. So, we got to get right. We got to fix our run game. We got to fix our O-line. Um, I hope we beat the, You know, for the first time in years, I'm scared of the Jets. Like, that's <laughs> how bad this loss was. Yeah, I, I agree. I know. Th- thanks for the call, man. I really appreciate it. Keep listening. So, um, yeah, I would uh, I would definitely say that um, it was abysmal. You can't lose to Urban Meyer and you can't lose to Trevor Lawrence. Like that team hadn't won a game on American soil since week one of last year. They made Geno Smith look like a. I'm not going to call him a Hall of Famer, but he looked amazing. And that was just, that that defense, I'm not going to blame the defense of the Bills. They did their job. They held a team to nine points, and they still are the the lowest scoring defense. And I, I was like, I, I got so mad just watching just... I will tell you, like, some of those penalties were bad. They missed that false start penalty in, like, um, on that third and, third and goal or whatever. They missed, uh, I mean, Ike Butker was offsides, a false start on that fourth and two. He, like, kind of just twitched, and I, I totally get it. Um, but they were getting numbers wrong. They were getting um, so many like they they were just I I was not happy with the officiating. Now, the big reason why we lost this game is that offensive line. Cody Ford in my opinion right now is a bust. I don't know if, you know, I I I I hope for the guy. I hope he does well. I think that he could be good. He's just like right now he's been looking bad. I saw a lot of times where both that the right side was mainly the problem the left side you know there was still some hiccups I mean I saw Dion I think on the um the Josh Allen to Josh Allen sack I think Dion Dawkins um he misses block or something like that but th- there was one play where I think Josh Allen got sacked what four times this was not a good game if you think about it I mean and the worst part was is that you lost to the Jaguars New England won and Tennessee won and Baltimore won. Um, I would, <clears throat> I would go back and talk about our offensive issues, and um, they were talking a little bit about it on the post game show, and I kind of agree with what they were saying, where they have constructed this offense where it's kind of just stand around and wait for Josh Allen to make a really cool play, and if if that's not on, we're not doing anything. He has no support. I mean, you have a great receiver, sure, absolutely, but they were not getting a lot of separation yesterday. Um, I don't know. It's hard to even develop some of these passing, longer passing plays with the line that we have right now. Um, it's hard to run the ball because we can't run the ball. We're seemingly incapable. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you can't you can't expect Allen. I mean, I know he's a quarter billion dollar quarterback now, but he's not going to single handedly win you every game. And I mean, that is that's a that's a result of this. With the mistakes, he did have a pretty solid game if you ask me he he went 31 for 47 264 and obviously two picks those those were so bad those interceptions i i i look at i know the first 
Uh, was it the first one where um, he was targeting Diggs on that third down? Um, maybe I think because the second one was to Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first one, um, I mean, they showed it on the replay. I mean, you you have Sanders and he has the ability to just run underneath the linebackers and he's wide open for an easy first down and he just makes it like a much tighter window and Allen has to look off and you have Diggs. I think it was, I believe it was Diggs almost like double or triple covered and Allen's under pressure and he just kind of prays and I, I mean, you don't want your quarterback doing that, but at, I mean, at that point of the game, we had nothing going on offense. And so it seems like it's in Allen's nature to where if something is not going on, he is joined to force plays similar to the offense the Chiefs are running right now. Mahomes has no support in that O-line, and he's running for his life trying to make something out of nothing because they they're not providing him anything. For as many names as we have on this offense, they're not doing anything. I don't know what it is. I don't know if people are double, triple teaming digs, but we're not involving him in the offense. But every time we do, we're moving the ball. So I don't I don't know what the issue is here. Why do we have Stefan Diggs, who is arguably a top three, top five wide receiver in the league, and he's getting two receptions in the first half of a game where we have three points? Yeah, and th- this was just this just proves that th- this Bills offensive line I don't I don't know what what if you want to I, I don't know. Obviously, I don't think that um, you'd want to keep. I, I sometimes think like, should they should they have even re-signed Darrell Williams and Feliciano? I mean, at the time when they got when their contract year was up, they played really solid. And right now they're not living up to. I mean, yeah, it's a three year deal, but it's not like, you know, it's not like that. They signed him to a super max or something like that. Well, it's a three year deal. But after this year, they both have an out where we will not be penalized for cutting them. Um, I would expect Feliciano maybe to stay. He's a valuable backup. Um, but I mean, if they come back again next year and hope to put him at starting left guard again or right guard, whatever, like that's not going to work out. Darrell Williams has been our best right guard this year. Um, the, the issue is just Spencer Brown. Yes. I mean, like that, and we should not have constructed the roster to where if a third round rookie is injured, our entire line falls apart. That is awful. For as much good as Brandon Bean has done this year, that is the one of the worst things he has done. We should not be relying on a rookie to carry this offensive line. We are in a Super Bowl window. Why on earth was there not marginal upgrades at the interior line? You improve the interior line, the pass blocking maybe stays about the same, but then that allows you to run the ball. And now people are just coming out in these two high looks and forcing us to run the ball, and we're just not capable. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's necessarily the backs. I don't know if it's the blocking. It's a combination of the two. We just cannot run the ball. Every single play gets stuffed for a yard. Loss of one. And then it's third and 11. What are we doing? Like, what are we doing here? It's the most frustrating thing. Like, we have such a talented offense. And I understand the short passing game is essentially an extension of the run game. But sometimes that's not even working. We don't go to it. We come out, and for the first half, we run the ball, run the ball, and then pass. Run, run, pass. And it's just this loop where we're trying to establish the run game, but we just don't have the horses to actually run the ball. Dan, what are your thoughts on the game? Oh, thank you, Evan, for uh, giving me a chance here. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I feel I feel so much better now. I I I feel really um, I I feel like a lot has been thrown off my chest. I'm still mad, but you know, what were your thoughts on the game, Dan? 
Oh, gosh. I mean, you guys pretty much covered it well there, but awful performance. Um, I mean, I, Jack was like the worst team in the league, right? I mean, besides the Lions, but the Lions probably should have beaten the Ravens. They could have won a few more games. But, I mean, the Bills came in with the best offense and the, the best defense in the league. Um, I mean, really, there's no reason why you should be losing that game. Um, but, you know, like Alex said, we're trying to establish a, a, a run game that's just non-existent. Right, like I don't know why you're trying to run the ball when that's never been your your strong suit. Um, and like those those screens, they do like those uh, like bubble screens to Beasley. Yeah, right? like I, I don't, I'm not a fan of those. I don't. No, I I think I understand the philosophy behind it because that's the looks we're being given because teams know we're not capable of doing it, and so that, that like why would you come out in anything other than a defense that defends against our strengths? And exploits our weaknesses. That's as simple as what it is. I mean, we could lose every single game if a defense just comes out and makes us yeah. run these little bubble screens and try to run the ball. Because we just physically, for some reason, cannot do it. Yeah. Well, and then going back to your point really quick about how Diggs, you know, top five, top three receiver, not getting enough targets. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it was either the Jaguars were doing a great job in covering him or it was just Allen was just not seeing him. Um, but, you know, that, that last drive, like our final push down the field, uh, that was like a fourth and eleven play. I think we had to convert it or fourth and ten, uh, and Allen tried to give it to Diggs, and it just wasn't there. But he, I mean, he had Emmanuel Sanders. I don't know if you saw that, but he had Sanders mm-hmm. wide open right in front of him. Yeah, right I'm also, beyond the line of scrimmage. I, I saw a lot of people complaining about that, and like, sure, he's wide open, but like at the end of the day, we should not be in that situation to begin with. Yes. No, we shouldn't be. But if you are in that situation, I mean, you have to no, do the I, best I you can, right? You do. So but again, I like, mean, trying to force it to to someone when you have a wide open guy. I mean, like right in front of you. I don't know. It, it also just... well, it depends on how he's progressing through his reads. If you if you look off. Your, if Sanders is your first read and you look him off, you're not expecting him to be open. And then you just kind of work back to Diggs, and he is your best receiver, so you might as well give him a chance to make a play. And that I understand. Um, obviously, he should have thrown it to Sanders, but like... Yeah, well, again, I mean, and, and, and could it be this hero ball thing we're, we're seeing more of, like, the, the Patrick Mahomes? I mean, because like I said, the Chiefs offense is falling apart because of this hero ball thing. And mm-hmm. Josh Allen has that tendency, when he gets pressure, he runs 20 yards back, mm-hmm. and then he doesn't take the sack. He either throws it, and it's a grounding penalty... Or it's an interception, as we saw the Josh Allen. So, mm-hmm. and you know that the Josh Allen headline, Josh Allen first player to sack of sack someone with the same name, and then I'm like, okay, that's kind of that's kind of cute. And then there was <laughs> Josh Allen first player to intercept a person with the same name. Like, okay, that's kind of annoying. And then it's Josh Allen first player to to recover a fumble from the guy with the same name. Like, okay, this is just getting ridiculous. You're, so you're ju- you're just trying to find a way to create filler stuff and create mm-hmm. content. Yeah. That's basically yeah. what they did. I I thought that they like that was really annoying. Like I was on um TikTok. I don't know if you guys like see the videos of um I don't I don't remember uh what the guy is and it's like uh um it's like this is my house. Enter please. This is my neighbor and then he, he kind of just goes uh, um I can't remember his name, but like it was like, oh, this is Josh Allen. This is I saw that. Yeah, oh yeah, my, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the NFL's TikTok will put that out. Oh my gosh, I was like, that's really, really annoying. That's really, really cheesy. I mean, yeah, you, uh, you made and Alex and I kind of talked about talked about this before. I mean, Josh Allen was first round pick, Jaguars. Josh Allen, right? Seventh overall. I mean, and he he never Both really lived seventh up. overall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he was he never really lived up to that seventh overall. I mean, he was good, right? But he was never like amazing and we made him look amazing and alex brought up that we made their the one jaguars defensive uh lineman look amazing and he had what like three career sacks you said and he got three that day yeah um 
I I don't know. I think the bigger issue here is not necessarily a week nine loss by three points. Like, yeah, we lost to the Jaguars, but in the context of the season, when if we make the playoffs, it doesn't matter. It, it won't matter ultimately, I don't think. But it's this is kind of like we're at a crossroads right now, where if we don't figure something out, we could have a dark season out of us. Oh yeah, I mean, and it it's not like it can't happen. It's happening to the Chiefs right now. They're having a dark season and. In some ways, are very similar to the Chiefs offensively, right? Like a little bit, yeah. like you know, high-powered throwing offense, right? Is is what what we both should have, and it's just kind of when that falls apart, it's scary because you have no run game to back it up with. Yeah, this is what I think needs to happen. I think they need to get Matt Breida in the lineup now with Zach Moss being out. I think that I think their running back styles are not fit for this offense. You need a fast uh you we're not looking for run between the tackles and um getting you need to we i want speed on that in in the backfield and you know i know matt breed is kind of old and stuff i also felt like at the start of the game i kind of have just some highlights playing and the officiating with uh the to, with uh, some people throwing the flags with the personal fouls and stuff like that, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Well, they called the. Un- I know that they're the. Uh, they said they're the one crew in the NFL that calls the most um, unsportsmanlike conduct, uh, like taunting penalties. But give me a break, honestly. How is Levi Wallace going to get called for taunting when he when we let up like a third and one in the red zone? Like, yeah, what, yeah, who is he I taunting? saw that. I don't know what they're like. They didn't about show there, a replay, but, like, but who is he taunting? Like, I, mean, I, I didn't. Like that whole first half, maybe even going in the second half a bit. I mean, the whole sequence of officiating and it was. I mean, you getting numbers wrong. Like I think the first penalty they said against the Bills was against Mitchell Trubisky, who, by the way, was at home, (laughs) wasn't even at the game. And then you had a legal motion by the Jaguars kicker, um, by the way, on the sideline sitting down. So I don't know how that's illegal unless he like flipped someone off. Oh, illegal! I don't know. Oh, and also because and he like that kicker. Missed a field goal three times. Three times. Ugh. I mean, Tyler Bass, player of the game for the Bills. I mean, uh, that dude is, is a definite. Tyler Bass is probably in, that's not on the offense or the defense. Well, I mean, he, he, I, he's he definitely deserves to be the um the when he won AFC Special Teams Player of the Month. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that was like I was like, oh, I never knew that in. We're, I'm just we got replays on. Oh, they go. They had a first and goal, and then they run. They run a play where it's Zach Moss lost the three yards, and then uh, they they don't they they finish uh, fourth and goal from what the the six. Uh, I mean, uh, I that's being they're being too conservative. This red zone offense is there. This offense, high scoring offense in the league. I don't know how it'll be right now because now you got that six, that six sitting on the on sitting on the board. Mm-hmm. I I'm sure they're gonna drop a a couple. Um, but I think that you should like if I'm not saying like you don't have confidence in your kicker. Blah blah blah. You need you need to stop being what you were in the AFC Championship game when you had the ball like at the two yard line. And instead of trying to score, you just kick a field goal and get and say after the game, "Oh, I just wanted to get points." Now, 
I felt like it was a really poor coach game, and I I also think that they they needed to. Dix didn't have a catch in the third quarter or even a target, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. They need to get him the ball a lot more than what they've been doing because that's going to be. He's going to be the reason why you win games. The reason why they won games was because they were throwing the ball. They were hitting Stefan Diggs and st- and stuff like that. You know, and obviously the penalties are going to kill him. If you have any personal foul penalties, it's just going to be, uh, it's going to be rough. Um, How much is this red zone offense missing Dawson Knox though? I mean, that's true. Really, there that was our entire red zone offense at the beginning of the season. Knox had what five touchdowns already. Um. Yeah, he had, he had five touchdowns. Um, in what, think, four or five weeks, like. I think most of them are red zone touchdowns. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about conservative real quick, though, I mean, I hate the conservative play style uh, of the Bills. I mean, we it's two minute drill, end of the end of the first half, and QB our first draw. play call is a QB draw that Allen almost fumbles, um, and it goes for like one or two yards. So I don't. I mean, I I just I don't I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, because they were setting themselves up to drive down the field because when the Jaguars had that, they were taking a timeout to mm-hmm. conserve time, and then you you do a run play. So I, I that just made no sense to me. And the risk uh, the risk reward for running a QB draw for a gain of one is just so stupid. And then because then then you take off ten fifteen more seconds. Well, at that the least, and, right? and, and your franchise quarterbacks taking unnecessary hits. Unnecessary why hits are you you and, why if you're gonna run the ball, whatever? I disagree with it. But why on earth a QB draw? Like that's well, because not. We have no other run game. <laughs> no, I know. But like, if you're so set on running the ball, give it to Singletary. I mean, I know he can't run. He's not a good running back. But like, there's no reason Allen should be taking these hits when we're on our own 25 and you run a QB draw for one yard. There's absolutely no justification for that. Yeah. Like if we're in the red zone, run the ball with Allen. Sure. I'm, Whatever. I'm, I'm okay yeah. with that. But when He's you're a weapon. when you're backed up in your own red zone, right? And, there's and, no and reason. It's a two minute two minute draw there. I, I don't. I don't know why you would ever ever want to do that. Um, it's just, I, I feel like it's just you know a lack of discipline, and you're trying to be something you're not, and that it, it doesn't work out. And you know, Evan, you were talking about, you know, maybe seeing more of Matt Breida, but I don't even know if Derek Henry could fix this yeah. this team's problem. I mean, it goes like yes, the the talent of a running back does matter, but at some point you, you got to analyze the offensive line and see, okay, you know, we've had multiple running backs in here. Why can no one have success? Right, and the, and there was one constant, and it's going to be the offensive line. So that needs to be upgraded. Yeah, and the only the only semblance of a run game that we do have is when Allen scrambles out of a passing play, and, and that's not even on the offensive line, really. No, that's just that's him a broken scrambling. Play. Yeah, that's just Allen making something out of nothing. Exactly. So like your your run game, like we average a lot of rushing yards per game, but how much of that? Like I'm, I'm interested in seeing the actual percentage. How much of that is off of Allen just scrambling out? I guarantee you over fifty percent. Yeah, I'm sure it is. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, 878-5104 is the number if you would like to call and give us an opinion on your uh, thoughts on the Bills' stunning loss to Jacksonville. Um, And if there's anything else on your mind that's sports-related, we'll get into that too. We might even get into some Sabres talk because right now they just traded away probably one of the best players in franchise history. So 878-5104 is the number uh, here on... The Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY. Finding a job in the bartending industry can be rough. You need to be employed to get experience, and in order to get experience, you need to be employed. Here enters 
Bartenders Professional Training Institute, licensed by the New York State Education Department, training students since 1992. Located at 3815 Delaware Avenue in Kenmore is a 40-hour intensive hands-on training featuring an alcohol awareness certification, as well as learning about the different kinds of beer, wine, liquors, and everything in between. You leave this institute with confidence and security inside their job placement program, as well as knowledge about the industry and customer service skills. With a completely flexible schedule, you can finish the class in as little as two weeks. For more information, call 716-874-9112 or visit www.bartenderprotraining.com. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right, they can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. <laughs> now this one is brutal and wild. When you don't lose a stepping on so on a champion so easy universal. Oh you miss Music for yours and mine, stepping out, give it rubbing up all time, yeah. Yes, Buffalo, once again you are in tune with the Stepping Out Sound Session. Your host Universal here every Sunday night, Friday 9 p.m. 913 WBNY Buffalo. DJ Universal in the place. Stepping out sound session. Reggae radio every Sunday night, 5 to 9 p.m. 913 WBNY Buffalo. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control and priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That was the Panthers-Patriots game uh, that was on the CBS broadcast. And uh, later that day, I saw a clip of Mac Jones purposely 
twisting the ankle of what was it? Um, Brian, Burns. Brian Burns on the Carolina Panthers. It's the Patriot way. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, Bill Belichick is really getting to him. I was talking to Alex before. I said, you know, Mac Jones, uh, at least in the NFL, I mean, if he's kind of been mundane, you know. No reaction to anything really. Didn't want his his first NFL touchdown ball or anything. But so this to me, I mean, it came of, it came as a bit of a surprise. I mean, I wouldn't really expect that from him. But you know what? It is the Patriot way. So yeah. I guess you gotta expect any. Well, he did from have him. a couple character issues coming out of Alabama, um, but I don't know. Not too shocking. Um, but, I I got a quick question for both of you. Um, no well, way. this is kind of like a question, like a couple questions here, all about the same topic. Do you want the Bills to sign Odell Beckham if he were to clear waivers? And two, if not, where do you think he will end up? Um, I, I don't want him. Not saying that he isn't good. I just don't. I think that there's he's going to be what's going on in um what's going on what happened in Cleveland where he was begging for the ball and then I feel like oh his dad is gonna start posting videos of Josh Allen not throwing him the ball now I mean I wouldn't if if he did go to the Bills I wouldn't be like upset about it I I don't know about this whole like you know when when we signed Diggs, everybody was like, "Oh, he's a diva receiver." I feel like that's more of Odell Beckham as a diva receiver rather than um, rather than having um, uh, you know with Diggs being a diva receiver. Now maybe him pairing up with Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders might be helpful, but in my opinion, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't try because I feel like he w- would probably want a lot of money, and I just don't know if the Bills want to pay him that I much. I think it's like, what, like $8 million around there is what he was. Uh, well, that's what saying. he's owed if he were to be cleared off waivers. Oh, but okay. They, okay. But it's, or if he was claimed off waivers, sorry. But they're, so, Schefter was saying that he's probably going to clear because that's a lot of money. Yeah. He's not um, going to sign for $8 million in the open market. I I kind of like where we're at. I mean, like, Evan, like, I, I get your point, and I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, I, I like where we're at offensively, even though Jaguars game was – was bad, but I mean, with the stuff we have, we we can really do good. I mean, Diggs is our number one guy. Would bringing in Odell kind of disrupt that chemistry? You think between no. Allen and Diggs? They, I don't I, see my my opinion. I'm all for Odell. I will advocate for him coming to Buffalo. Um, one, I think it's kind of those like diva narratives. They get spread about like people who are unhappy in the organization. But at the end of the day, nobody knows what's actually going on there. Um, so like Diggs was like seen as some big diva when he was in Minnesota, but he was in a really bad situation. And so I I mean moving moving Odell, I mean he's played for the Giants and the Browns. Like you're not he's never really been in a good offense. He went to the number one market probably in the United States or the world to one of the smallest markets. I'm not going to say in the world, but one of the smallest markets, definitely in the NFL. Yeah. Probably the second smallest market. I honestly think Buffalo is probably the smallest market. But that's a – I don't know if he wants to go into the big market and with all the glitz and glamour. No, I would would assume he would want to come here. And the thing about – that's attractive about Odell is his age. I mean, you have Emmanuel Sanders at, what, 34? He he has a one-year deal. He's not going to be here after next year. Sign Odell Odell for more than one year. I mean, I think that if he does, I think that if he, if 
I, I feel like Emmanuel Sanders might want to sign for one more year because unless, unless they win the Super Bowl, which, you know, still, I, I know I was getting early, I mean, getting mad earlier about uh, one seed and stuff like that. And is, are the Bills going to, um, can they still contest for the Super Bowl um, if you were listening earlier in the show? But I think that if, I think that I would not be opposed to it. I will, I'll say that. If he were to, if the Bills were to sign him, I would not be like, "Oh my gosh, why did we sign Odell Beckham? He's a diva." Blah 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 blah. I would be, I would be like, "All right, like we're this is gonna be so much better," and I better not hear any more about running the football. That's yeah. what I'm saying. If if they sign him, there should be no more of this balance and running the football. It should be like maybe run pass. Ratio, maybe 75-25, 70-30. I would agree. That's also why I want to sign Odell because we clearly cannot run the ball. Clearly. So if we're going to pass the ball, let's pass the ball. Let's get as many weapons as we can. Let's stretch the field as much as we can. I mean, you put Odell, Diggs, Sanders, and Knox on the field at once, good luck. I mean, I don't care what too high look you come out in. It's going to be hard to defend that. And Odell adds the versatility to keep him around after next year, after this season. And what, isn't this Beasley's last year? This is Sanders' last year yeah, on their deal? Sanders' uh, last year. I think it's, it's definitely Sanders' last year. I think Beasley has one more year on his contract. I, I believe. I could look this, that up. Yeah, I think this is. I was under the assumption it was Beasley's last year. If not, it's a second last year. But he's he's but close he, to the end. Either way, he's, yeah. he's close to the end. And um, Odell and he stated that too. Odell kind of gives you that versatility where you can now have more consistency next year, and you're bringing back three at least receivers that were here in the system. They know it with Diggs, um, OBJ, and Davis. Yeah, and and you know people say that. OBJ might be washed up. Now, is it he's washed, or is it that he just had no targets that were really catchable? I, I will say, he if you can... offense... Uh, uh, sorry, Alex, oh. but he was in an offense that was geared towards running the ball. Mm -hmm. When you have Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield running the ball, even... I don't care if you stack the box. That's going to be a tough task to for anybody now, um, back to the Beasley contract. It, he'll be an unrestricted free agent in twenty three, so he does. Uh, he has one more year left on his contract. Um, what's the What's the penalty for cutting him? Um, trying to find a dead cap. Um, if you cut him after this year, would be one point five. Okay, million. so virtually nothing. Because um, the idea then, well, I read that we may release him after this year, if not sign him or keep him around. But I mean, 1.5 million dead caps, nothing. Um, but regardless, like it's a similar situation to Diggs, where Od Odell, like Diggs was in Minnesota run heavy offense, not getting a lot of touches felt like he was underutilized. I mean, the two quarterbacks that Odell's had in his career were like Eli Manning and Baker Mayfield, Eli Manning and Baker Mayfield. Like you're not, he never has been utilized properly. I mean, even in his, like, rookie year in New York where he kind of took the league by fire, he could have probably done a lot more than he actually did. So, I, I mean, you – I understand why he's frustrated because if you're that talented and you have so much film where your dad can post a 12-minute video of you being wide open and either being underthrown, overthrown, or just not targeted at all, that's a problem. Call it diva-ish. Call it whatever you want. 
but it's just an example of a dad advocating for his son. My son can play, and he just does not have the opportunity right now in Cleveland. Put him in a pass-heavy offense like the Bills, maybe he will not get as many targets per game, whatever, but he will be utilized a lot more. Um, I'll, I'll let you get your thoughts, Dan, but I, I wanted to, and I wanted to answer your second question on if he doesn't come to the Bills, where does he want to go? I'm I'm going to say I think either LA team either of the LA teams would be a good fit for him but I think that I don't I don't know how much room out the LA Rams have but that's just like I picture just Odell Beckham with the LA Rams I know I know he wants to go to Seattle is what he was saying that's the team he wants to go to the most I heard he wanted to go to um Tampa Bay and they just No there's no way not... he would ever go there not in a million years um, I don't no, but want I... him in Tampa Bay I would just hate football like I would hate the Bucks for what? eternity I I, I mean, would hate Tom Brady f- even more If he went there I don't even think there'd be that much of a an increase really I mean their offense is already so good I mean what yeah. at some point there's just no room for increase um but he, he wants to go to Seattle. He, he's been reaching out to them, trying to go there. Um, and when you said he wants to go to a Super Bowl contender, so I don't know why he wants to go there. And he's going to um, be what, run blocking all the time Yeah, in Seattle. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know what that is. But I think if he gets a good quarterback and if he's in a good system, absolutely his career can be revived. Because yeah. look, at, look at Antonio Brown. I mean, he didn't play football for, what, two years or something around there, or a mm-hmm. couple of years. Um, and look at him. People said he's washed, and now Brady is just helping him become the guy he was before. So... Yeah, if if Odell fits into the team and and he gets the targets, uh, he'll make the plays. And I I think that you're I think that it 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 all depends on who the quarterback is, and do you want a young guy like a Josh Allen or a Justin Herbert, or do you want to um, put him in to someone who has shown that he could possibly win MVP and like. I even Green Bay even popped into my head when thinking about it, but I don't know if he wants to be in Green Bay because I don't know if he's like, I mean, obviously he played in New York and Cleveland, but Green Bay is just like kind of on like I don't want to say another level, but Green Bay when it gets to January it gets cold. And I mean, you also have the uncertainty of Rodgers because I mean, this is his last year in Green Bay, right? Yeah, and, so, and Jordan Love is nothing special, right? Jordan Love, as we saw yesterday, he so he didn't look great until maybe the fourth quarter. I mean, unless Beckham stayed with them just to the end of this year, but I don't, I don't see him going yeah. there really. Like I, I would, I mean, even like unbiasedly, like I think Buffalo is a great fit for Odo. I mean, you have a young quarterback with an amazing arm who is signed for what eight more years, seven more years, whatever it is, like. Why would you not want to go to that system? And we are a legitimate contender. Regardless yeah. of what happened yesterday, we're still a Super Bowl contending team. I, I think so. And I think it all came comes down to injuries on the offensive line. And now I agree with your point that this offensive line should not be just atrocious because, well, I mean, two guys were out, but because of one player now now, th- this was a thought. Why not, instead of trying to put Cody Ford at right guard, put him at right tackle? He played right tackle at Oklahoma where he blocked four both two high- back-to-back Heisman trophies in Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that, also, that has to come down to coaching, I guess. But like, if they, if they viewed his best fit at right guard and he was that bad, I do not want to see him at right tackle. 
He shouldn't, barring like more catastrophic injuries on the line, he should not touch the field for the rest of the year. He really yeah. should not. Like I'm yeah. being dead serious. He should not touch the field for the rest of the season. And then the question comes up: Who do? Who else do we have? <laughs> I mean, I mean, hopefully. Well, I mean, obviously, once Brown gets better, you know, he'll yeah. he'll be playing. I uh, mean, he. I've I've stated my my disliking of John Feliciano more than once on the show. Cody Ford has me praying that Feliciano comes back in three weeks healthy. Like I, I cannot. That was one of, if not the worst performance from an offensive lineman I've ever seen. I mean, it, sometimes it seemed like he wasn't even trying. Like the ball was snapped, and he's not—he's not doing anything. I mean, obviously he's moving, but like, I—I I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it was kind of embarrassing there. And uh, I mean, Bean could have made a move right before the deadline to Maybe. help bring in someone, but and you know we were hoping that something would be done, and and of course we never got any notifications. So, kind of a quiet trade deadline there. But I mean, we we have our needs, and and they weren't addressed too well. And I also think about, I don't want to say number two corner. I don't know if that's really an issue um, just because of the fact that they're playing, you know, like Levi Wallace, I'm not going to say he's bad. He's good. He's good. The only reason why people like he get he, you hear his name on the broadcast so much it's because Tredavious White is on the other side, mm-hmm. and Tredavious White is an all-pro, Pro Bowl corner, and is great. Yeah, Levi's out of, out of that secondary. I mean, Levi is a good player, but he is the weak link, weak link of the secondary, which, one, is a good sign that he is the worst player in our secondary because he's still a solid player. But, like you said, he is going to get targeted because he's not Tredavious White, because he's not Micah Hyde or Jordan Poirier. Mm. The ball is going to get thrown his way. So, maybe I mean, could we use an upgrade there? Sure. I mean, he's he has he struggles with athleticism in receivers. That's always kind of been his weakness. Um, but like, he is good at playing simple quarters coverage and not letting people break off major yards. He'll allow some catches, but he doesn't allow a lot of yards after catch. He's just pretty sound, and that's kind of what you need in that position. So, so um, I know yesterday in the game. Uh, like I said, defense are pretty good, uh, but there wasn't a the key injury in Taron Johnson who was ruled out with a concussion. Taron Taren Johnson and um, Zach Moss both left the game with uh, head injuries. I I fig I don't know how, what happened on the Taron Johnson play where he got the head injury. I know what happened to the Zach Moss one where he like kind of like someone he it wasn't like he grabbed his face mask, but he like kind of grabbed him and his. Um, his like chin yeah, strap got taken off, and mm-hmm. he's like trying to readjust it, and then his helmet comes he lost, off. Yeah, he lost. And the they didn't the blow the whistle as soon as that helmet came off. He and he ended up getting hit to the ground. You know that that was a that was a pretty scary play, if you ask me. But like this is the injury bug has been hitting this team, and I I think they're gonna be fine. I I will say that I think we came into this game overconfident. I think that we we could have played, you know, we we looked down at them and said, "Oh, we're the we're the ja- we're the we're the Bills and they're the Jaguars. They're the worst team in the NFL. Everybody has played well against them at besides the Dolphins. Um and we're going to steamroll them." And I, I think they just came in maybe a little overconfident. Now, 
you know, I, I'm still mad. Like, I think I'm more mad at the fact that that's a third AFC loss on the Bills' record. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if it, once you had a once you have your third loss in the AFC, that like w- once tiebreakers come down to play, they're going to be like, oh, you lost to a team that right now is well. I don't know how many more games Jacksonville's going to win. I was thinking they were not going to win. After they won against Miami, I didn't think they were going to win another game. I, right now, I don't know if they are going to win another game. Maybe if they, maybe against, I don't know, the Texans. Maybe I don't Probably, know. Maybe the Jets. Well, have they played the Jets yet? I don't know. Because um, they're they're going through the uh, AFC East run clearly. No, I don't think they play the Jets because the Jets only the Jet, Jets have only beaten Titans and Bengals, I believe. Yeah, I know, but I think and the Jaguars be... only have one one win, so someone would have had the win out of that. No, but they'll they, be they playing will... the Jets on the twenty sixth of December. Yeah, okay, so yes, yeah, yeah. not yet they haven't, but they will. no, yeah, that, like that's down the road on their yeah. schedule. Um, that may be a win for them, but like again, I don't know. The NFL is just such a weird league; you never know who's going to win week in and week out, and that's why it's hard. I mean, you can catch yourself up in these like, oh well. The Jets beat the Titans, and the Titans beat the Chiefs and the Bills, so the Jets are now going to be the best. Like, that's just not how it works. Good teams good teams lose bad games. It happens every year, and as annoying and as embarrassing of a loss as it was, let's not get, let's not get over the fact that we're still 5-3 and three and have a really pretty clear load to the one seed. So yeah, we're we're five and three. Patriots five and four, half game behind us. Um, I know you don't like to say it, but if the Patriots keep winning, oh, I mean you can't ignore is, it. There is yeah, I mean there is something there to to talk about and, and to look at. Um, so it's uh, yeah, I mean could the Patriots could the Patriots win the division? Is I don't, it, I don't know. I, I mean, mean I want to say no. I, I really do think we will win the division. I'm not concerned about that. I, I think this is just a simple case of the Bills going into a game. Um, this is just a case of the Bills going into a game. I mean, this happened last the last two weeks. We went in against a much lesser opponent, and we played down to their level. And that, as annoying as that is, that is something you can fix. When I mean, we played good teams, that just even... gets me mad. No, that, it does. That's, that's the old Bills. The old Bills would always play down well, to their the, level. The old Bills are below everybody's level, so I. I mean, they, sometimes, <laughs> you know sometimes I mean. they would play up to say yeah. they would play up to the level, but, but I mean, like they would always play down, and I thought we were past that. Like I thought it was if we okay, automatically win against the Jags. Mm-hmm. I remember, like on the show, I remember you saying you said, okay, the next three games automatic wins, you yeah. know, and now that's that's it not the be. case. So they should have been. And but again, you you can't go into any game in the NFL as a team, like as a fan. Um, you can say like, "Oh, we should win these three games," but you can't do that in the NFL. And I think it was a lack of respect for the opponent. This happened two weeks in a row against Miami. We were able to adjust better. I don't know why we weren't able to get out of this rut. There was there Jackson. was no energy. I mean, yeah. Even if you saw like the pregame huddle, I mean, there, there was no team energy. It was it was Allen putting his fist up. Mm-hmm. And like maybe like four or five guys around him, like yeah. they went into that game thinking that they're playing a high school team, yeah. and it just they got kicked in the butt for it. Hey Tom in Rochester, I I I had a call and I accidentally hit the end call button. So if you're still listening, Tom, uh, call call back. I will put you on. 
as soon as we as soon as we can. I'm really sorry about that. But we've got to take a quick break right here. Um, if you would like to call, the number is 716-878-5104 uh, to give your thoughts and opinion on the Bills game or whatever you want to talk about. Again, Tom in Rochester, if you want to uh, call me back, 716-878-5104, and I'll get you right back on. Sorry about that. Uh, um, and uh, just uh, it, and then I'll make sure we get you up back on the line. So 716-878-5104. You're listening to The Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. Mom and Dad used to argue about everything, especially about Dad's drinking. My family went from totally crazy to quiet, calm, and even peaceful when Mom started going to Al-Anon family groups. I wanted a better relationship with Dad, so I asked Mom if she would take me to her Al-Anon meetings or to Alateen. I'm sure glad I did. If someone's drinking troubling you, you might be surprised at what you can learn in an Al-Anon or Alateen family group from people just like you. Call 1-888-4-AL-ANON or go to alanon.org. Algún día enseñaré química a los niños. Yo seré arquitecta. Sueño con ser un chef. Este mundo ofrece grandes posibilidades. Un mundo en que las personas que se lo proponen realmente pueden hacer una diferencia. En la Oficina de Ayuda Federal para Estudiantes del Departamento de Educación de los Estados Unidos, proporcionamos más de 150 mil millones de dólares en subvenciones, préstamos y fondos para trabajo y estudios, haciendo posible que cualquier persona, en cualquier etapa de su vida, pueda cursar estudios superiores. Puedo volver a la universidad. Puedo cambiar de profesión. Puedo contribuir a lograr un mundo diferente. Ayuda Federal para Estudiantes, orgulloso patrocinador de la mente americana. Entérese más sobre el dinero que se ofrece para la universidad en studentaid.gov. ¿Sabía usted que hay leyes que protegen la seguridad y el sueldo de los trabajadores agrícolas? Para conocer más, llame al 866-487-9243 o visite worker.gov. Un mensaje del Departamento de Trabajo de Estados Unidos. Ready for radio that's challenging, innovative, and encouraging? Tune in, living for the people. This is L. Nathan Hare. Join me right here, 91.3 FM WBNY. Mondays at 3 p.m., Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. after Amy Goodman's Democracy Now! We'll provide objective analysis regarding current issues. Call 878-5104. It's Living for the People on 91.3 FM, WBNY. 91.3 FM, WBNY is proud to present Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. Welcome to Democracy Now! Award-winning investigative journalism. Is the NRA imploding? Providing relevant analysis that makes you think. Secret State Department documents, including evidence of U.S. war crimes. Fact-finding reports you will not hear elsewhere. Democracy Now! airs Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. on 91.3 FM, WBNY, Buffalo. Did you know there are laws in the U.S. that protect the safety and pay of farm workers? To learn more, call 866-4-US-WAGE. That's 866-4-US-WAGE or visit worker.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Labor. Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to go back to work. PBA helped me write my resume. 
got me a job interview. I got the job. Paralyzed Veterans of America, changing lives, building futures. To learn more, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Welcome back to The Blitz here on 91.3 FM, WPNY. I am Abdi Pasquale, and um, I got, uh, we made sure that um, Robin Rochester called back. I, I, that is completely my fault. Um, we got, he called back, thank God. So, um, Robin Rochester, you, uh, excuse me, Tom in Rochester, excuse me. Uh, you are on The Blitz on WBNY. Go right ahead. Well, thank you all for having me on here. And I just want to throw something out there. With the offensive and defensive line, I think we need to make real improvements over the offseason, mostly at defensive tackle. And then offensive line, I think we've got to gut it and rebuild from the start. And I, I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but I believe that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have too much faith in the players that are in-house and they're scared to bring in big-name guys because they have too much faith in the people that they have around them. Cody Ford. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, th- thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. Um, I, yeah, I I I think so. Um, I I thought that uh, it was. If you think about it, I I was even saying the Bills should. I don't want to say blow up that offensive line, but I think that they need to get in some better players. That was just not. Yeah, no, no, Good definitely. I mean, because what happens is you you bring in a coach and a, a GM, right? And they come into a team together and they draft people. And that, that first year, that first draft, you know, those are kind of like their kids, right? You you draft players and you you develop them and you want to see them do good because you're like their NFL dad, right? You brought them into the league and you're you're trying to you're trying to you know have the best for them. But at some point, you have to realize that your kid's a loser. Right, your kid's not going to do anything in life. You got to get rid of your kid and, and get a new kid, or, or bring in uh, a teenager, or bring in an adult. Um, so at some point, you have to realize that people you have are not going to be that beneficial to your team as much as you want them to be, and you, you need to part ways. Um, just don't don't part ways too quick, because uh, Wyatt Teller is a great example. That was going to be my counter. Um, yeah. So my my opinion... I will before you say something. I, if people are saying, why did we get rid of Wyatt Teller? I was listening to One Bills Live on my way here on WGR. I think that if they had Wyatt, Wyatt Teller, if he was still on the roster, I don't know if he would have seen the field because from what I was hearing, he had to play, He was trying to play behind Richie Incognito and Eric Wood. And I think uh, John Miller was still on the team, but still, and I, I think Deion Dawkins was on the team. Uh I I think that um, him is he I I'm I'm not mad. We didn't know he was going to become this great offensive lineman. Yeah. Um. So a couple of comments about the offensive line. Um, blowing it up. I think we retained three fifths of the all line. Um, Dawkins is signed for what four or five more years, and he's had a great season. I I, I think that you know. I don't want to say COVID has Deion Dawkins has not looked like what he has, and he and I'm not gonna, you know, say we need to get rid of him. I think he's a really solid player, but he's he's fine. I'm not I'm not too worried about Deion well, Dawkins I think, right now. I think he's one of the best linemen we well, actually have. I think he's also had his best year. I mean, like if you break down like the amount of carry or um, pressures and sacks that he's allowed, 
at this point um, compared to last year. He's been better this year. He looks worse because the entire offensive line as a whole looks worse. But, like, specifically him, he's having a good year. Um, Mitch Morse is a Pro Bowl caliber center. And then Spencer Brown, I, I think you can trot him out as your starting right tackle next year. Absolutely. And so now the issue is left guard, right guard. Yeah. Feliciano has value as a backup because he can flip between left guard and center, and he's okay. He's a, he's a backup quality lineman. I don't want him starting, but I think we'll retain him next year simply for, like, depth purposes. Um, but I, I agree. I think ultimately, like, left guard, right guard will be addressed, should be addressed. Um, but I would also, um, to the point on being keen on development and keeping in, in-house players on the roster, I think um, Bean specifically looks at that Wyatt Teller move. And I agree with, at the time with the, the trade, and I understand why it happened. Um, he was not going to see the field, like you said. But, I mean, like, you drafted and developed this kid, and you never really gave him a chance, and then he goes out and becomes borderline superstar guard for the Browns. I, I He's kind of like, why would I give up on Cody Ford now? Right? Watch that. What if that happens to him? Wow. And so, like, it's not – it's a completely different situation. But I, I think at that point where it's just, like, being so keen on development is not necessarily a bad thing, but I I agree ultimately with what you were saying. Where at, at some point you just at have some to point you have yeah. To, yeah I mean you have to cut your losses and move on. Yeah. I mean I think the biggest difference is Cody Ford has seen the field and he's yeah. showing well, that he can't yeah. really handle the field. Yeah, and I think like this was his last shot. Yeah, like yeah. I don't he will not be around next year. They I mean even in the offseason the the big question was will Cody Ford still be on this mm-hmm. team and and in multiple press conferences Sean McDermott confirmed that. Yeah. You know, he said, Yeah, we, we still have we still have faith in the kid. We we're comfortable with where we're at, I think is what is more of what he said. Um, but at this point I don't think you can be comfortable with where no, you're at. You can't. Um but I would also say that there's a little bit more to um in terms of not being or being afraid to bring in big name players. I don't think they are. Um all of the reports, like every time a big player gets signed, whether it was JJ Watt, we were a finalist for JJ Watt. We yeah, were also yeah. we were yep. also one of the three teams in on Von Miller. There are big names that we have tried to get, and whether it's money reasons or whatever, or not wanting to give up a second and a third round pick for Von Miller, we just never did it. Or so, people just don't want to come to Buffalo. <laughs> well, I don't think at, at this point, even when you ask people when the Bills were terrible, they people give high praise mm-hmm. about this team. Like when I, I think back to when I mean when Drew Bledsoe got came here in two thousand two. They were okay. They weren't great, but he tell like he says when he first got traded here that he did not want to come to Buffalo. And then like after his time in Buffalo, he says that you know the fans are great and stuff like that. Um, and you know I I, I think that he's um, I I don't think that it's a, a people not wanting to come yeah, to Buffalo. That's, that's not if you don't want, like, it's like with the whole Antonio Brown thing. If you don't want to come to Buffalo, then we're just going to show you that you should have came to Buffalo and we get Stefan Diggs, who everybody thought was not going to fit in Buffalo. If he didn't fit in Minnesota, he wasn't going to fit in Buffalo. And then all of a sudden, he's like, perfect match. Yeah. I um, also, um, I just got a, a tweet from Adam Schefter. Um, uh, the re- in less a week, uh, the the Raiders have released both of their first round picks in twenty twenty, Damon Arnett and uh, Henry Ruggs due to off field issues. Yeah, actually, I had a um, I had something I was going to read regarding the entire uh, entirety of that draft class from the Raiders. So I'll read it real quick. 
So in the uh, first round, they drafted Henry Ruggs, who was going to be on his way to prison. Um, they just caught Damon Arnett, who was their other first-round pick. Their third-round pick, Lynn Bowden, has been traded, or was traded, um, and he saw zero snaps total for the Raiders. Uh, Brian Edwards is on their depth chart. Sure. Uh, third-round pick. Another third-round pick, Tanner Moose, was cut, and he saw zero snaps for the Raiders. John Simpson is a backup. He was in the fourth round. And then their other fourth rounder, Amik Robertson, was benched. So they <laughs> – jeez. <laughs> I think that GM has to look in the mirror and really yeah. analyze it. Or Yeah. He, um, he, he used to be on He used to be on NFL Network. I'm, oh, Mike, Mike Mayock. Yeah, Mike, Mike Mayock. Mayock. Um, yeah, no, he was. He Him yeah. and Gruden actually were both uh, – they're both big-name people that, that Las Vegas brought in. So it's – it's weird seeing them not do that I, good, right? Because I mean, Mayock was—he he was the guy when it came to football knowledge, yeah. right? Like he was—he would always put his two cents in. Uh, you know, he had his—he had his fantasy football things, and he—he he was always uh, really intelligent in those areas. So it, it's kind of weird now that he's—he's he's not doing that good. Um, I don't know. Is it, is it time to move on from Mayock? Absolutely. Gruden's gone. I would. I, I would. Yeah. I would. If you, if they both. Uh, well. I don't think Mayak came in when Gruden came in, or Gruden they... Gruden came in first, and then Mayak came in later. Really? I mean, Mayak. I thought it was like a. They I think both they were. In. I think they both came in around the same time, or maybe one year apart, something like that. And they ended up uh, being where it was. Like Mayak was, in my opinion, was the reason why Antonio Brown left. Um, Ala, uh, uh, Vegas was it Vegas at the time or was it Oakland when I he was Oakland I think it was the Raiders just thought well, to well, yeah, <laughs> yeah well no I was just trying to make sure I'm getting it right geographically um but again I don't I I mean even outside of like the 2020 draft class which as we just read was awful their drafts they've they I mean, haven't yeah. had a good draft and Alex can you name like one person that they Alex Leatherwood, Leatherwood. yeah <laughs> and they drafted him Way too high. Way, and way too high. He has been not great for them this year. Well, Gruden loves doing that. He likes yeah. he likes these surprise picks. And Mayak, you know, they love these surprise picks. I think old oh, people weren't expected. Yeah. Well, but, I I respect if you find a player that isn't nationally touted as a first round pick, but you think he's like a first round quality player. Whatever, like draft him if you believe that he's a first round quality player. But just doing him. it, for, just doing it for the sake of doing, you know, it, like, that that headline is is just stupid. Yeah. Uh, like Leatherwood, like. It, but it's a waste of a pick, right? Like you could have, <laughs> you could have gotten him. You could have traded down, and you could have gotten him, and you could have acquired an additional pick for that. Yeah. I mean, so like getting him that high, it didn't really make any sense. I mean, same with the Giants when they drafted Daniel Jones, what second overall? No, it was like in the top six. It was in okay, the still, but six overall. still, but yeah. you you can like he was projected to go bottom first. Like well, you, you can think... you can trade back and get in. I I, I would disagree with that personally. I think. All positions besides quarterback, I would kind of agree with, but quarterback is at such a premium. And Jones was a first round talent quarterback. He was. And if you're in the position to draft him, you do not mess around. Just take the quarterback. I mean, but looking back, was it really worth it? I mean, I mean, I mean besides outside of what Kyler Murray, that draft class has not looked too good. I mean, yeah. you had Dwayne Haskins, who was awful. I mean, he, I he he looked like he was going to be the like he should have gone to the Giants, and that's what some people were hoping for was Haskins to the Giants. Um, and uh, by the way, uh, this is ninety one point three FM WBMY Buffalo's original alternative since nineteen eighty two. Brought to you by the student Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. 
Now, I think that um, getting back to it, I think that I think that 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 quarterback class outside of Kyler Murray was not very good. I mean, I I don't know if the I don't know if the deal's out on Dwayne Haskins. He did play on a pretty bad team. Um, yeah, but he also looked awful. I mean, it's kind of like the Sam Darnold question. Like, well, oh, everybody yeah. was like, oh, but Sam, Sam Darnold's Darnold doesn't good. even. I mean, but he was on the Jets, the Adam Gase effect, and then he leaves the Jets, and he is still garbage. Like, he's yeah, just that's... not a good quarterback. I mean, he played pretty solid for three weeks. For three and... weeks he did, yeah. right? But then for he three, fell off. For I mean, three weeks he was worth that third overall pick. Yeah. And then and then Robbie Anderson, I don't know if you saw that, but, yeah. I mean, Anderson lost it on the sideline. I mean, like, screaming at, at Darnold. And... I mean, I just, wow. like, I, I understand, like, high, highly touted draft pick. Um, He was loved by the national media coming out. People but... were picking, like, saying, like, the, his ceiling could like I remember I was watching when he was coming into the draft when Colin Coward came out like I don't remember what his high ceiling was he might have said John Elway maybe was his high ceiling but like, and his low was Andrew Luck who was who was at the and still was a great quarterback Andrew Luck was the considered the yeah. greatest like what like yeah I think he was like he was something with the he's greatest still, prospect coming out yes, of yes. college. Yeah, like the greatest pure prospect ever coming out of college. Yeah. Um, and like even in college, Darnold was not a good quarterback. He had some of the tools, but he did not perform at USC. Um interception problems. Yeah, I mean he's always had turnover problems. He's always been inconsistent. He has a good arm. He can make almost every throw on the field, sure. But I mean, he can complete more passes to the other team than he is to his own. <laughs> now, let me ask you: Do you think that if darn if say the Jets decide to go with Allen, he would not succeed? No. Do you, so you you think that you think that Darnold would not succeed with the Bills? If the Bills took Darnold look, at seven, he would look slightly better than at the Jets. But I ultimately don't think he would have been a good quarterback. His ceiling is significantly lower. You don't than, think that he? I, I don't think that he would be the getting the money that Josh is making but he would I I think he'd be kind of on par currently with like a Baker Mayfield yeah like he would be he'd put up some numbers he'd do a good couple good things I don't think he'd be as bad as he was in, in New York because ultimately he just had a better he would have a better support system around him and I think that's important like you said like if Allen went to the Jets he probably wouldn't have succeeded but a big part of a quarterback prospect going out of the draft is where they end up because it needs to be a good fit. Um, and I, I, I don't, I, outside of the Bills, I don't know where Allen could have gone and succeeded. Like, yeah. truly. Um, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, I think a team that played the draft perfectly was the New England Patriots um, with Mac Jones. Well, I mean, he fits he they, fits Belichick's system. Really oh, no, well. he does. Yeah. And, it's, and they knew that. And they, they could have traded up just to ensure that they kept him, but they stayed where they were. Yeah. And they got him fifteenth overall. So I mean, like as much as I as much as I hate hate that team and I hate Belichick, I mean once again it's yeah, they handled just it handled it very well and, and it's so far it's it's working out. It's working out for them. I think that looking at it now, I think that it is uh we're thought of as looking at this like like after the loss to Jacksonville and the win against um uh carolina this that monday night game in on december 6th is looking a lot more interesting yeah it is and i i think um like you said mac jones is a great fit in new england 
because he doesn't one he doesn't need to do much. Um, he's a great I, no. defense around him. Well, no, I know, I, know I mean, mean but... yeah, like he is he is a game manager at a quarterback position, and that's exactly all the Patriots need. Like if Cam Newton could have provided some stability to that team last year, they probably would have been a lot better. They still had a decent year, but like you, all you need for Bill Belichick to succeed is a quarterback that just will make mistakes occasionally because he's a rookie, but ultimately limit the amount of turnovers he has. That's all you need to do. That defense is good enough to where, like, Mac Jones can have, like, 180 passing yards and a touchdown, mm-hmm. and you're going to win the game. Yeah, you need that, and you also need some small, random, scrawny receiver that Belichick finds yeah, yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, um, out of a Taco Bell yeah. drive-thru. <laughs> the Walmart cashier. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> their their run game is really good. Um Mac Jones does not make a whole lot of mistakes because he's not really throwing the ball downfield all that much, which is fine. Exactly. I mean, he's, that's, he's throwing short, yeah. and that is, that's literally what they need, as we've said. Yeah, so, I mean, um, that, that was a great fit. Um, like, But let's see how far it takes him. Yeah, and, and like yesterday, for example, what was it, 27-24, right, that they – what was it? It, it seemed. Am I thinking I think, of another game? I think, I think, I think you're thinking of thinking Chargers, of, Eagles. I think you're thinking of another oh, game. I was going to say. Well, the, the, 24 6 New England. Yeah. Oh, okay. 24 6. I, I, I was like, you're thinking of another game. I was thinking of Chargers, Eagles. Yeah. That one was. Uh, that was more of a game. Like, I am wondering, like, with the. I, I don't think there should be really room for panic right now. No, not at all. For the Bills. Um, but that that game on Monday night is going to be very interesting. I think that I think once Monday night comes around, the Bills are going to have Feliciano back. Hope Spencer Brown should be ready to go. Like yeah. as soon as Spencer Brown comes in, I think that then you move Darrell Williams back to right guard, put Cody Ford on the bench. You can handle with Ike Butker for now, mm-hmm. and he can fill in and. The Bills will be fine. I think this is this was the problem. They, they. I mean, obviously the offensive line was the problem, but I felt like that they need they gotta no they gotta do what they're good at, and that is throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. They, I, I know, I feel like they're trying not to be one dimensional, but once you saw them starting to throw the ball when in the like when they started trailing in the fourth quarter with um and. You know, he hit digs like three times in that in the fourth quarter. That was you thought that you were gonna like. I was just like, where was this? Why couldn't we do that? Like, that's my concern is that these these first half struggles. I, I mean, I don't want to say they peaked at the Kansas City game, no, but it it, it definitely looks I, like that. That's been you know. I don't know if you, would you still consider that? I mean, obviously, it is their biggest one in the season, but um. Right now, like it's not looking as good because other teams are beating Kansas. City. Well, it was still a great win, um, one. But I also, I would also have the counterpoint of I don't think it's a coincidence that our best games were that stretch of Houston, Kansas City, and even that Titans game. We played that was one of our better games that we actually played, and I don't think it is coincidence that if our you... offensive line setup had Spencer Brown at right guard, at right tackle, Daryl Williams right guard. And then the rest across the board. Like I don't think mm-hmm. that's a coincidence. That allows us to play our offense. And when that's not the case, like week one and two, where we don't have Spencer Brown in the offensive line rotation, our offense struggled. Brown gets injured. Now we're back down to scoring six points against Jacksonville. Like this is not. I don't think this is a coincidence. Yeah. So no, like I'd... I think the Kansas City game was our best game by far, but I also don't think it's the peak of the season. There's a lot. There's like a Mason Dixon line kind of. Throughout mm-hmm. the entire NFL year, so we're gonna have a lot of ups and downs. It's the highest up we've had so far, but there's a difference between that and peaking. 
Yeah. Um, and then for that December 6th game, we'll also have Dawson Knox back, too, yeah. hopefully. Yes. Um, so that, that'll help out a lot, especially uh, in the red zone. So And maybe Odell Beckham. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? <laughs> one can hope. Um, yes, one can hope. What about, what about whatever happened to free Tommy Sweeney? Right, like I don't the sweener. <laughs> the sweener. Oh, yeah, he never did do anything. I'm I mean, not, he fumbled. I'm not. Right? Like, I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not on the free Tommy Sweeney. I'm on the free Gabriel Davis. I'm on the Gabriel Davis catch a third yeah, and seven the pass in the last drive of the game. I mean, no, that was <laughs> crucial. Like on like that. That made me mad. I mean, third and seven. You're driving down. If he caught that pass, you're in field goal range. That wasn't Gabriel Davis. Yeah, I didn't. Yes, it, it was. was. I thought Gabe you were Davis, ta- number thirteen. Dropped. I was gonna say I could have sworn that I know there was a big drop by Beasley, but I didn't see a drop that was, by. That, there was. That the, was a third and eleven. The Beasley one heard this too, but like that was earlier in the game. But like this last was drive, we're driving down. The last drive. No, I think it was sef- second and seven because that third and seven resulted in a sack and that pushed us out of field goal range. But that second and seven, Allen's rolling okay, to yeah. his left. And I think he, you. I think you're right about that. Yeah, he yeah. throws the ball. So, to I mean, Davis. sure, maybe it was a little bit behind and low. No, but it was right in front of him. I mean, all he needs to do is put his hands. On you you have you have to catch that. I mean, he catches that. You're in field goal range. Boom. You're in overtime. Tails never fails. Allen's best. Allen's the best. You know, coin flipper in the game. <laughs> we, we 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 get the ball. We score. Yeah. And then we're out on the streets breaking tables and and yeah, streaking. Well, so, I, it's it, just Davis. I think there is a reason that Davis has had his snaps limited this year. He is not having a great season. I mean, every like literally, he has had. Outside of Beasley, he has had the most drop issues on this team in the limited snaps that he's I had. I think it's funny funny you say that because, like, earlier in the year when we talked about, you know, decreased snap counts, it was because we have so many weapons, you know, how yeah. are we going to share them all? But now we're seeing, right, that maybe it, something is behind the scenes is going on. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe in practice he's not doing They were well saying or... in training camp that Davis was not having a great camp, which, I mean, whatever. Sometimes people will start off slow. Mm-hmm. I wasn't too concerned about it. But now it's leaking to important points in the game. Which is another reason why I think Odell Beckham should be a target for the Bills. You cannot trust Gabriel Davis right now in those situations. Throw that ball, that second and seven to Odell instead of Gabe Davis. That's a first down. Like that is literally the difference in that. Yeah, I mean, and, and honestly, like they could probably play the same role, right? Like they have they similar could. builds. Yeah. They have they're, similar. They're very sizes. similar players. And actually, I, th- I remember when Gabe Davis got drafted. His comparison was Odell. He had so many comparisons to Odell, whether it was playing style, whether it was facial hair, or just like overall build and <laughs> number build of him. Really, yeah, number. And it was just like people were comparing him to Odell. Um, so maybe it is time to to get the real Odell in here. I mean, cause you, that's not acceptable. NFL receiver, you cannot be dropping those. Once again, he catches that. We were in field goal range. Remember the uh, Bass nails it because you know Bass is swag and and he's a beast. So. Yeah, but like remember back to that Baltimore game, um, in the playoffs last year, we were driving down the field, and Allen threads the needle to Gabe Davis in the end zone, right in his hands. I know he's blanketed by Marlon Humphrey, but that ball was right in his chest, and he just dropped it. I mean, like yeah. these these are issues that occurred not as frequently last year, but they were around to where if it's a big moment in the game, Davis just has a like this tendency to just drop easier not easy catches but like these are nfl level throws just catch the ball like Mm -hmm. i like it's easy to say but like we should be putting players on the field that you can trust to catch the ball i don't know what's going on with beasley currently okay well and that beasley catch that's an isolated event he is he's made heck of catches before no he's had he's 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 made some good catches but he's also had He's had more drops this year so far in nine weeks than he's had the entirety of last year. It is an issue. I mean, it's not an isolated issue. What's what's going to play into that? Maybe like his confidence is shaking up. Maybe something. I mean, you you could. He's losing snap counts. Maybe he's 
it's getting to his head, but... There I mean, is something just, going on. I don't know what it is, but <clears throat> it's... I mean, it like, I, I, dropped, I dropped that big. That 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 was scary. Um, yeah. I don't know. Because I mean, he was... He, last year, he was our most reliable target. Well, yeah, like, like remember, like, the... would throw the ball... Like, outside of digs, like, you would throw the ball to Beasley. Not once am I watching the game last year thinking, oh, he might drop this. This year, I kind of have, like, a hesitation. I mean, I didn't really thought that until... Like a Jags game, I was like, okay, why is he dropping it? Well, I mean, I kind of noticed it, and I've made comments um, about, like, the uh, drop issues this year. Um, but I think the most prominent one was this week. It's, um, it's But I kind of have this hesitation now when the ball's going his way. I'm like, please catch this. Well, I mean, you ask why. It's because he lost the hair. He cut his hair. All the power was going with the hair. So that's, that's why mine will stay on forever. So thank you for listening to 91.3 FMWBNY The Blitz. We're going to go to break. We'll be back in a few minutes. Stay tuned for more talk. Did you know that people born from 1945 to 1965 have the highest rates of hepatitis C, but most don't know they're infected? People can live for decades without symptoms, but over time, hepatitis C can cause serious health problems, including liver damage and even liver cancer. If you were born from 1945 to 1965, the CDC recommends that you get a blood test for hepatitis C. So talk to your doctor about getting tested. It could save your life. A message from the CDC. Finding a job in the bartending industry can be rough. You need to be employed to get experience, and in order to get experience, you need to be employed. Here enters Bartenders Professional Training Institute, licensed by the New York State Education Department, training students since 1992. Located at 3815 Delaware Avenue in Kenmore is a 40-hour intensive hands-on training featuring an alcohol awareness certification, as well as learning about the different kinds of beer, wine, liquors, and everything in between. You leave this institute with confidence and security inside their job placement program, as well as knowledge about the industry and customer service skills. With a completely flexible schedule, you can finish the class in as little as two weeks. For more information, call 716-874-9112 or visit www.bartenderprotraining.com. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. This is a world of possibilities. A world in which people who put their minds to something can really make a difference. My goal is to help the environment. Someday I'll find a cure for cancer. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we believe that aspiring minds can achieve anything. So we dedicate ourselves to making sure everyone has an opportunity to go to college. Each year, we provide more than $150 billion in grants, loans, and work-study funds making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Mantener distancia con otras personas es crítico para contener la propagación del coronavirus. Aquí tienes otras formas de contacto sin contacto físico. Llama por teléfono. Haz una videoconferencia. Postea en las redes sociales. Si tienes síntomas de fiebre, tos seca y falta de aire, llama a tu doctor antes de ir a su consulta. Hagamos todo de nuestra parte. Todos estamos en esto. Más información en cdc.gov diagonal español. Consejo traído a ti por The Ad Council. Patrocinado por los CDC y el Ad Council. 
con todo lo que está sucediendo, puede haber momentos en que sientes que no puedes manejarlo todo. Llevar un diario, meditar y hablar con amigos y familiares puede ayudarte a sentirte más equilibrado y a sobrellevar la situación. Tus hijos también están pasando por muchas experiencias nuevas y simplemente hablar con ellos puede ayudar mucho. Encuentra más consejos de autocuidado y para sobrellevar la situación en covida-19.org. Coping 19, brought to you by CDC and the Ad Council. With everything going on, there may be times you feel like you can't handle it all. Journaling, meditating, and talking with friends and family can help you feel more grounded and better able to cope. Your kids are also going through a lot of new experiences, and simply talking with them about their feelings can be quite powerful. Find more self-care and coping tips at coping-19.org. Mom and Dad used to argue about everything, especially about Dad's drinking. My family went from totally crazy to quiet, calm, and even peaceful when Mom started going to Al-Anon family groups. I wanted a better relationship with Dad, so I asked Mom if she would take me to her Al-Anon meetings or to Alateen. I'm sure glad I did. If someone's drinking troubling you, you might be surprised at what you can learn in an Al-Anon or Alateen family group from people just like you. Call 1-888-4-AL-ANON or go to alanon.org. Don't live in Buffalo but want to listen to WBNY? No problem. Download the Radio FX app and listen to us anytime, anywhere. The Blitz, Talking Peace, Living for the People, Democracy Now!, and much more here on 91.3 FM WBNY. Broadcasting live from Buffalo State College, here is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Welcome back to the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. I am Evan DePasquale, and we've been talking a lot about today with the Bills' shocking loss, to say the least, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I am back here with uh, Dan May and Alex Spencer. Um, I, I was, when you were mentioning about, I just think that when you're mentioning about Gabe Davis. I I think that they need. I think he just he hasn't been targeted enough to where I can say, oh, they got to get Odell Beckham or whatever. Well, I, think, I mean, so that's from the like that plays in there with though. Like he's not targeted enough. There was there's a reason for that though, right? Like there has to be a reason he's not targeted. I I don't think there's a reason for it. I think it might he's, be. He's might be I not think it might good. be because of the emergence of Dawson Knox or. Emmanuel Sanders, but a lot of people have spoken highly of um of uh um you know they they've spoken very highly of Gabe Davis and I just I'm not gonna give up on Oh absolutely Gabe not. Davis. Well, nobody, and once again I'll say I'm not gonna give up with him. You're not giving up Alex who is not gonna give up. I mean he's this is what his he's still his second year, right? It's his second year. Um but it's I'm not gonna ignore the fact that he had a bad camp. He has had a few good catches this year, but there ultimately is a reason why he's not been on the field, and that's an in-house issue. Maybe it is the fact that Sanders is here now playing really good ball, or maybe they don't trust him yet fully. Maybe that's the case. I don't know, but if you, I think it'll be telling. If we sign Odell Beckham Jr., I think it may be a Gabe Davis issue. Hmm. Like, truly. That, that would be very interesting. I know... Uh... I think probably his best game of his career was that playoff game against the Colts. Remember that? I mean, he yeah. he was great that game, but then once again, next game hits, 
drops the uh, the touchdown against yeah. against the Ravens. So uh, you can't have. I'm not going to blame Gabe Davis on a touchdown where it was greatly covered. Uh, well, actually, wait a minute. I mean, it was decent coverage. If but you're the ball a, if was you're in his hands. if you're an all pro receiver, or if you're going to be one, I mean, you you make that catch. If you're an NFL receiver and the ball's in your hands, you should catch it. I mean, Ooh. I I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but uh, <laughs> if the ball is in your hands and you're in the end zone and it's a divisional round playoff game WB and it's a and really y, close game, WBNY tweets out hot take. <laughs> Maybe you should catch the ball. If the ball hits your hands, you should catch it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I because I I'm think a, I think ultimately you put Odell in that spot and he catches the ball. I don't. I'm not concerned about that. I I definitely feel like uh, there's a little bit of concern uh, if. If you get Odell, like they're gonna start doing what the safe, what the, the people do to the Chiefs and to the two high safeties. But, well, that's what they're doing to us now. But like, but I also think that this team has a good enough receivers to where they don't need to go deep. They can take those, mm-hmm. take what the defense. Like this is what the Bills need to do: is take what the defense gives you right now and be able to. And, and I I'm still like. I'm still not, I don't know how long it's going to take for me to get over the fact that uh they lost to Jacksonville and well, it's funny to say that cuz I feel like Alex is already we, over. We, He's like, I don't know. I, yeah, well, yeah, I'm over, I'm over. Like I don't I'm, good teams yeah. lose to bad teams all the time. I and and, and I think about like, you know, there have been losses by the Bills that have been quote unquote billsy losses. And I think this is probably one of them. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, it was it was a game where you had two of your starting offensive linemen injured. Your uh, number one tight end is injured. And your, um, your, nickel, corner n- your, nickel, your nickel corner, who is great, gets a concussion. And then your... Um, Best uh, running back and your, goes out. Yeah, I you're. I don't, I don't know, know about know, know. best running back. Um, I think listen, your best running back is your quarterback. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah but that's p- true. best pure running back is yes. I I think that if uh, what is this? Is this the last year of Singletary's yeah, rookie I deal? I sure hope so. Um, I he had a solid rookie year. I was thinking he's going to be the future for the Bills in the backfield, and has not looked good. Ever since his rookie year, he I remember he had like in that jet game, the first game, he did not touch the ball until like midway through the third quarter and like had like I don't remember how many carries it was. It was like maybe um, uh, it was like some it was like maybe some a couple carries for like 80 yards or something like that. And but. I I think that I think because I I think people are starting to figure out this offensive line. I do think that you need well, to go. Not, out. There's not much to figure out. I mean, yeah. not good. I mean, right. Singletary, th- I, Singletary of that game had four carries for seventy yards. Yeah, he 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 played really well, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this dude's going to be the future of the backfield. But I don't I don't see it. I think it's just that they don't do what like. If they're block, if they're running the ball with Singletary, he's like LeSean McCoy, and they're not like running the ball like they did. Like they, yeah, they're, he's, he's, they're not using like a, a power. Bl- they're not LeSean using a power McCoy. blocking scheme like I thought they would. No. Um, I think like the issue I could talk about Moss and Singletary all day because I think, I think I, I think Sing- someday we should have our own shit like just like a two hour talk show on just them two. Okay, <laughs> I'll prepare for that. I because I, I, I Moss is put in a situation 
where he is not going to get a lot of yards because that's not what he's asked of. So when you look at yards per carry purely alone, Zach Moss will have a much lower yards per carry. And that's not a bad thing. That's just what he's being asked to do. He's put in on third and one when the entire box is stacked because everybody knows you're running the ball with Zach Moss right up the middle. But you put Devin Singletary out on first and ten and you hand the ball off, nobody knows it could be a run, could be a pass. I mean, you, you put you put Derrick Henry on third and one, he breaks away, you know. Well, yeah, but Zach, we're not asking Zach Moss to be Derrick Henry, but what I'm saying is when you're comparing pure numbers between Singletary and Moss, you cannot ignore the context in which they're used. Because Zach Moss very rarely is used at, like, the 50-yard line on a first and ten. That is pure Devin thank Singletary. Good, thank goodness he's not used in that situation. Well, because, well, Devin Singletary is getting, like, what, three yards per carry on when he is a much higher freedom to actually break yards. Like, because Moss is not being asked to get big chunks of yardage, where that's what you want out of Devin Singletary. You want six-yard runs. You want him to break a six- or seven-yard run. Yeah, but once Zach Moss, you you want one yard in the end zone. You want one yard on fourth and one. Like, so the situations in which he is being used is not going to necessitate that he has great numbers, but I also think that he is the better pure running back, and if he was used... In the role that Singletary is being used, which he never will because they are against, like, cowbell running backs. So they're going to situationally use that, which is fine. But I think you would see more success out of Moss running the ball more, ultimately. I mean, I think for Singletary to be effective, though, too, and both both running backs, you need the better O-line, right? Yeah, oh, I mean, oh absolutely. I mean, that that is the core of the issue with the run game right now is the line. Because, like, Singletary, he, he's known for those quick one-cuts, mm-hmm. and that's good if you if, the, if one guy gets behind the line. But if you're getting two, three guys, like, behind the line, yeah. I mean, that's not going to do anything. I mean, neither of them are really set so, up for success. But Exactly. So, But I, Moss is put in a much tougher situation than Singletary is. And so people will always point to yards per carry to say, oh, well, Singletary averages X yards per carry, which is one yard higher than Moss. But it really should be a lot higher because if you're going to be using be used solely on like goal line situations, short yarded situations, which still I don't even think he should be using that. I think we're no. still a pass team. Yeah, I, we like, should, he, but like that is just the way that he is used. So like you're you're not going to get that production out of him that um like that is going to jump off the box score. But like what he does in the pass game is worlds better. He's a much better pass catcher than Singletary. Like, it's not even close. And he's a much better pass blocker. He's one of the better pass blocking running backs in the league. So all-purpose-wise, he has probably ten times more value than Singletary right now. I don't I don't want Singletary catching passes out of the backfield. I don't. I I I, I don't I don't know how I feel about either of them, honestly. I in my opinion right now, I think I, I will say that you need to get Matt Breda in here and do not use him as a pass catcher. I think if you're going to run the ball, well, first off, I don't think you should run the ball that much. But when you do, I think you need a faster um, a, a faster running back than these guys who are going to, you know, like uh, Moss is a bully run up, you know, he says, make, I'm going to make guys make business decisions. And Singletary is a juking, I don't want to call, I don't know if I'd call him a cutback type of guy, but he's, you know, like the LaShawn McCoy. And... Hopefully he's a cutback. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, 
if you, I mean, just like Evan was saying, like you look at his his rookie year, right? Like he was he mm-hmm. was good. Yeah, he was good. So like, why why can't he be good? You know what I mean? Like he, we saw it one year, and then you see his second year, another running back gets added in Zach Moss. So he lost he lost some playing time, right? Mm-hmm. So, but he also I mean, his, was he ever? I I think it was also he was in the same situation because we had Frank Gore his rookie year, right? Frank Gore yeah. was used essentially in the Zach Moss role. So it's not like you see a philosophical difference between the way he was used in his rookie year versus his second or third year. It's just for some reason. I don't know what it is. I mean, is. I would say Zach Moss gets a lot more higher snap percentages than Frank yeah, Gore Yeah, because he's better though. than Frank Gore when Frank Gore was on our team. So he's going to just get more touches. So, I mean, yeah, and at some point, though, if you lose, you know, playing time, you, numbers maybe Yeah, but also, like, I don't good. know how much playing time he really lost. I think I would have to look at the snack, snap I mean, numbers. I mean, Zach Moss always gets more snaps than Singletary every game. You, you well, because he's a better pass blocker and he's a better pass catcher. Yeah. So if, if if Singletary was a legitimate threat out of the backfield in the past game, he would get used more. But he's not. So I don't know. Would you consider I – know, I know that to, Tommy Sweeney's our only tight end, but would you consider start putting him in the blocking tight end position? And I what what is it that they're doing 11 personnel? They've been doing that a lot, and they need to go with um, – four or three wide receiver set, you know, put, you know, four wide receiver, you put Allen, uh, what am I saying? Uh, d- yeah, uh, Josh Allen's going to throw a pass and catch it himself. Um, Marcus uh, Mariota. <laughs> You've seen it before, Mariota's done That's it. True. Uh, uh, Rogers. Brett, Brett, fun fact, uh, Brett Favre's uh, first ever um, completion was actually to himself. To himself, yes. Um, uh. Uh, you got Diggs. Beasley, Sanders, and then you put Gabe Davis in there, and then you add Tommy Sweeney on there to block, and maybe go. I don't, I don't know if you could. Okay, so that I don't know if that would end up being, uh, if you could have a running back in the backfield. But I just feel like with this, um, with how bad the offensive line is at the moment, I feel like that you should have a couple more bodies on the line. Because I feel like that might make it uh, a little bit... It, it might give Josh some time. I mean, mm-hmm. there were a couple plays where Josh had time. And uh, I, I I think that I was a little disappointed that the Bills did not... They didn't throw the ball deep. I don't know. Well, I, I would say deep is probably 20 yards or more. I don't think he threw the ball 20 yards or more at all on Sunday. No, and I think that was, again, going back to taking what the defense was giving them. It was very much a, we're going to play all our safeties, both our safeties back. We're going to play deep corner coverage, throw underneath, or try to run the ball. I mean, that eliminates the deep pass game. So, like, don't force it if it's not there. But I would also agree, like, I think that coming out in, um, in like, heavy heavier packages to try and compensate for the lack of a line is what we've been trying to do, which is why you may see Reggie Gilliam get a decent amount of snaps per game because, I mean, he can block. Um Tommy Sweeney, I mean, they have that one formation where they have Sweeney off to Allen's side and then they have Gilliam behind him, and that's mostly on passing situations. And it sucks that they need to do that because that's them trying to compensate for the line not being able to stop a nosebleed. And then you're limited by the amount of receivers you can put out on the field. And so they're kind of in a bind, especially right now, where you have you have to balance adding um, help in the backfield to help block so the play can develop. But then you're also limited in, okay, well, now we can only have two or three receivers running a route as opposed to putting, like, five routes out on the field and really stressing the defense. Yeah, so, 
I know this is very, very off topic. We touched on this briefly before. Um, I don't know if, if you've seen this, Alex, but Damon Arnett, uh, the Raiders' car trouble seems to continue. He crashed four rental cars in the span of a single month. I did see that. That's another another thing that's being brought up with his case. Yeah. So, Do they have... Uh, <laughs> Do they have driving school? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Vegas. Does, does Las Vegas not have any driving schools? Um, and then Henry Ruggs is now facing up to 46 years uh, due to, I think, like a unregistered firearm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That that whole team is just I convicts. I kind of... I really hope that he doesn't get the max on this one. I hope he does. I hope he does. <laughs> there is zero justification he, he, he for killed, anything he, that he I mean, done. He, was, he took a woman's life. Yeah. I mean, she and was he sat, he sat in the curb and cried instead of helping. Like, you you have you have all the money in the world. You have the platform that he does, the ability that he does. He could have had a really long career and been really successful in the Vegas. Oh, absolutely. And he ruined it it's, because it's he wanted he wanted the thrill of driving 160 miles per hour in a sports car while drunk. And that irresponsibility, it's a mistake. I'm sure he'll regret well, it for the rest of his life. But I'm sure he already does the, regret it. I'm the, sure he does. But you know what? Is, he needs. He should face consequences for his actions. It's not like nobody was harmed. He killed an innocent woman over it. Oh, absolutely. So I don't, I don't have like an ounce of sympathy for him. You, the NFL has a program set up to where if you are intoxicated and you need a car... You can call that number, and they will come and pick you up to avoid these situations. Mm-hmm. You can also call an Uber, call yeah. a Lyft. If you're an NFL player, I mean, you're making millions a year. You have everything. Like I you're in the NFL, know. and they 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 say, "Here, here's here's your eight million dollar salary. All you have to do is not drink not and drive, kill anybody. not kill anyone, not break the law. But you know, other than that, you can use your money for whatever you want, and you can live a great life. So that that's on him. And I don't, I don't think like, there's no excuse for that. Like I, if he, if nobody was harmed. At it, except for like himself, like if he injured himself in the accident, whatever, like then sure he shouldn't face the max sentence. But he killed an innocent woman just due to the irresponsibility of his actions, and that's there. It's inexcusable. It really is. I don't know. I I just always try to find the good in people, but that that's that's just me being me. Um, we're gonna take another quick break, and then um, we're gonna come back, and um, we'll do. Uh, picks for um, next week. We'll even do the pick for the Monday night game tonight. So you're listening to the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. Stay, don't, don't hit that uh, button just yet. We'll be right back in a couple minutes here on 91.3 FM WBNY. You're listening to the Blitz. Me and Dad used to argue about everything, especially about Dad's drinking. My family went from totally crazy to quiet, calm, and even peaceful when mom started going to Al-Anon family groups. I wanted a better relationship with dad, so I asked mom if she would take me to her Al-Anon meetings or to Alateen. I'm sure glad I did. If someone's drinking troubling you, you might be surprised at what you can learn in an Al-Anon or Alateen family group from people just like you. Call 1-888-4-AL-ANON or go to alanon.org. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control. 
and priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Cancer takes so much, but you can help by donating blood or platelets. The American Red Cross and the American Cancer Society have partnered to encourage people across the country to give blood to give time. Visit giveblood2givetime.org to give now. <laughs> now this one is brutal and wild. Yes, Buffalo, once again, you are in tune with the Stepping Out Sound Session. Your host, Universal, here every Sunday night, 5 to 9 p.m., 913 WBNY Buffalo. DJ Universal in the place. Stepping Out Sound Session. Reggae Radio, every Sunday night, 5 to 9 p.m., 913 WBNY Buffalo. Welcome back to the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. And uh, we are going to get into one of my favorite parts of the week when we do picks. Now, the week is not over. We still have one more game, but um, we have Bears-Steelers. Who do you like for that game? Bears-Steelers? Yes. I mean, oh, that's tough. That's tough. I mean, usually you'd say you'd say Steelers, Bears. You know, Fields coming off a, a decent game. You know, no, I'm I'm, I'm still going Steelers. I'm going to take the Bears on that one just because I want to. I don't know. There's no just, real reason. Yeah, I'm going to take the Steelers on that one. I just am not. I don't trust Matt Nagy, and um, uh, I I think that. Uh, the um, I, I still trust uh, Mike Tomlin. I think if you look at who has the better coach, it's the Steelers. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with the Steelers on this one. On to week 10. Thursday night, November 11th. Veterans Day. You got the Dolphins versus the Ravens. Ravens. Um, you know, even though they barely beat the Vikings, still I, I think uh, I, I think the Dolphins are one of the worst teams in the right now. So I'm going Ravens. I uh, I hate Miami. I will always bet against them, but for some reason I have a feeling they're going to win this game. Um, this is kind of uh, my off the board pick, but Baltimore has been playing everybody really close, and I, I think it might catch up to them eventually. And this may be the game. I I don't. Th- I, I'm gonna pick Baltimore, but. I like that you brought that up, that they've been playing teams close. And I feel like that that's been happening a lot recently. And I feel like come, come playoff time, that's gonna, they're, it's going to end up when they face a better team, they're gonna, that's going to bite them. Let's not forget, they're a 66-yard field goal away from losing to the Lions. That's true. I mean, Dale's lost to the Jags, though, so anything Well, no, I know. I'm just saying that's a testament yeah, to how yeah, close yeah, they yeah. have been playing these teams. So... We are going into, I'm just going by what is shown on the ESPN board. The Bills and the Jets led by Mike White. 
call me crazy, but I don't know. Uh, the Britain. Jets. I don't know. I mean, last time I joked about the Jets winning, they actually won against the Bengals. Uh, I don't know. I, I love my Bills. I love me some Bills. Um, I can't believe you're so, about to do this right now. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I can go on air and, and say that I think the Jets will win, so I'm going to say the Bills, but I'm just going to say, he, he, here's what I'll say. Bills are going to win, but I think Mike White, no, Mike White will play awful. Bills will win. I um, I will say the Bills are going to win, but I also think it's going to be a very close game. Um, I mean, the Bills are 13-point favorites. I think that I think these big point spreads are could be getting to the Bills. I I I really hope that after yesterday, they get their heads out of their butts because I don't I don't know. You can't lose to the Jags yeah. and then be confident against any team. So I I just I think the de- defensive line of the Jets could give us some trouble, especially if Cody Ford's in the game. Quinn and Williams against Cody Ford is not a good matchup. Um, and I don't, I mean, if they can rush four successfully and drop seven back into coverage, could be a long day for this Bills offense, so. Yeah, and I think this Mike White talk will finally stop. Uh, he had a great, you know, he had a great game, but I think, uh, I think his luck will catch up with him. I mean, he's, once again, he's not anything special. Um, so I think, especially with this Bills defense, uh, how crazy good they are, I think White's going to be struggling, uh, and our White is going to be, is going to be feasting, so, uh, uh, we're protecting a Bills win and, and by some margin. All right. Um, how about uh, the Falcons against the Cowboys, who came off a really surprising um, start to... Um, uh, I, I, I honestly am surprised that they got beaten so badly by the um by Denver and one of our uh, ex- uh executive uh, our um, um chief engineer Greg Harvey um he says on any given Sunday uh game uh on any game day so yeah you know and once again any any given Sunday that's been kind of like the the catchphrase for any upset this year any given Sunday anything can happen so uh but this this game Cowboys Falcons uh I'm going Cowboys I think that they'll Regrasp what they had in the in the beginning of the year. Um, I think Dak will be will be back and he'll he'll be great. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm going Cowboys over Falcons. I'm gonna actually pick the Falcons here. Um, Dak looked really shaky last week, um, coming off that injury. I don't know if he is going to be um, back at full strength yet. And the Falcons have some weapons on offense. I know Calvin Ridley's out, but. Um, no, I'm gonna shoot Kyle Pitts a text and tell him to ball out so my fantasy team. Gets I was gonna some say points, yes, so. please, because he's on my fantasy team too. Yeah, but I, I actually think I'll, uh, I'm predicting a Falcons win here. I I'm I think that I I, I this is an interesting game because the Falcons they, they beat the Saints right last week. Yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. but that's but the, that's the Saints I, without I, a quarterback. I I'm Simeon well, balled out last week. Right? I I think that yeah, um, still Trevor Simeon. <laughs> I think that um, it's going to be a close game, but I think just based off home field, I'm picking Dallas in this game. All right, next Saints Titans. Who you got? It would be foolish of me not to pick the Titans, considering how I said that they were the team to beat in the AFC. Uh, so I'm going to go with Titans with this one. I'm going to pick the Saints. I'm gonna go with the Titans because I thought that they, I thought they were gonna get destroyed by LA, and I turned out to be wrong again about Tennessee. You know, I think if I said one plus one is two, Alex would say it's three. So. 
<laughs> no, I'm picking the Saints. I, I, I think the um, the Saints are a tougher matchup for the Titans than the Rams, I think. I don't know. I think Alvin Kamara is going to give them a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, they're they're more equipped, I think, to, to handle like the Rams type of offense as opposed to the uh, Saints. Um, so I think it'll be it'll be a close game, but I think the Saints will win. All right, Jaguars, Colts, Jaguars, Colts. No, I'm, I'm saying Colts. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They they had a, they had a fluke once again. I'm going with the Colts as well. Yeah. No. Um, Trevor Lawrence is going to begin begin his MVP campaign in the middle of the season and whoop the Colts. That's Are you pick. feeling okay? Yeah, I'm feeling great. You seem pretty uh, like bubbly over there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling great, Dan. <laughs> All right. Um, next, Browns. Patriots. Cleveland. I, I like this game. I wouldn't be surprised if this is Nance and Romo. I think, uh, yeah, no, I I would go Cleveland, too. Um, I think the, the Patriots luck will finally catch up with them. Once again, Mac Jones is nothing special. Nothing special. Look at that, Dan. We're agreeing on something. <laughs> yeah, right? I am going with Cleveland just based off of I think that their running game is better than that Patriots defense. Baker Mayfield's not going to put the ball in harm's way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm mean, going I'm, with the Browns on this one. Yeah, I'm gonna and pick we the- can stop with this whole talk of the Patriots could catch the Bills in the division because I don't think it's yeah. close, but I don't think they will. Yeah, I think it's a lot less close than it actually looks. And I'm gonna my justification for picking the Browns is because I want them to win. All right, this should be awfully quick. Steelers, Lions, Lions. Oh gosh, are you just picking stuff just to pick stuff? No, I think Lions are gonna win. Wait, I like Jared Goff. So who would wait? This might be a stupid question. Who are the Bears playing then? I thought you said Bears Steelers. Like no, a- I said Steelers Lions. The Steelers play no, it, Monday it, it, night. It, the first pick we... Yeah, that was Monday night. Yeah, that's the Monday night game. That Steel- tonight, Steelers buddy. Bears is tonight. Oh, I thought you were just... <laughs> oh, I thought you were only doing next week. I was no, 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 no. Still that doing that week. game's tonight. Um, why am I even thinking about the Steelers? I don't think there's anything to think about there. A rematch of the wildcard game last year. The Buccaneers at, I believe, the Washington football team. Yeah, that it's at at Washington. I'm gonna be the crazy one. I'm, I'm picking gonna, Washington. I'm Alex, <laughs> <laughs> Alex, put your beer down, man. Get out of here. Get out of here. Oh my gosh, uh, I mean, Buccaneers. You just, you just love to bet against Tom Brady. I That's do. What it every is. every every week, I will bet against the Buccaneers. Oh my. Gosh, Alex, you're killing you're killing me here. <laughs> we should we should really start keeping like a tally of of all of our game picks. No, that's what I was gonna say. I because then maybe uh, we should do it a, some more. Yeah, we do a record. See who's the best, most consistent. I I I I'd be down for that. I'd we had to. I probably had to start writing this down. So what? Let's start next week then. Just yeah, so we'll, we're, next we're week prepared, we'll start so. doing this. Or or even after after report, we'll just tally down who we picked. Because I remember who I picked. And, uh, and you're okay with those picks? Yeah, I'm. Listen, if I say something, I 100 percent believe it. So, all right, I'm. I'm gonna go with you. I'm going Washington on yeah. this one. Take that, Dan. All right, <laughs> uh, this is this is Dan May officially resigning from the Blitz WBNY. <laughs> <laughs> Can't take right. it anymore. The door was right behind me. <laughs> don't, don't let it hit you on your way out. <laughs> um, so, what's your official pick, Dan? The Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Uh, this is uh well this should be a pretty easy one. Um, 
Never yeah, say uh, that in this room. <laughs> a rematch of the NFC Championship game in 2015. Uh, the Panthers Cardinals. Okay, there's really no Cardinals are going to win. I hate Sam Darnold. Cardinals are going to win. Okay, okay. Are you just picking it off who you hate and like? Or are you just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Are if you I, actually if I don't, this? If I don't like a team, they're not going to win. I'm, I'm going with the Cardinals on this one. Am I wrong here, Dan? The Cardinals are going to win this game. I'm going Panthers. And you can quote me on that. <laughs> All right. Um, Vikings, Chargers. Vikings. Chargers. Chargers. <laughs> Kirk Cousins is the GOAT. All right. So. What is going on? <laughs> this is... Coming this from is nowhere. The, this game is the, the mediocre ball. <laughs> the Broncos versus the Eagles. 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 Teddy Bridgewater is going to ball out, I think, so... <laughs> I'm, I'm, they're they're flying high Eagles. off that Dallas win. Jalen Hurts, my man. We're going with Teddy Bridgewater. Jalen Hurts. All right, and um, oh, this is a good one. Packers, Seahawks, and now Russell Wilson did just get cleared to play. So. Um, I want to pick Packers. Um, even if Jordan loves playing, I still think they'll win. Really? Yeah, I do. Um, if Rogers plays, I'm going Packers. If not, I'm going Seahawks. I, I am, I am kind of with you on that one. If if Rogers plays Packers, I, I'm. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Packers on this one. Nice. Uh, you know, I just I just think that Aaron Rodgers is gonna come back and he's gonna be fine, and they're gonna blow up that Seahawks defense. I can see that. Now, Mon- Sunday night. This is, um, I guess this is a kind of interesting game. Chiefs at Vegas. Vegas. Deshaun Jackson, the newest Raider. Wait, um, he got signed by the Raiders. Oh. They just announced that today, yeah. Um, I, I really do think they'll win, though. All jokes aside, um, I, I like this matchup with the Raiders. Kansas City. <laughs> Welcome to the Red Kingdom, baby. <laughs> it's the Chief Kingdom. Patrick, you're you messed that up, man. What? It's, a, it's, it's the Chief Kingdom. kingdom. The no, they're, you ever heard the song "Welcome to the Red Kingdom"? Oh, oh. It's it's like their uh, it was like the rap song they made. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Patrick. Just Mahomes. because it's in Vegas, I'm going with I'm going with the Raiders. Pat Mahomes, you crazy? Pat Mahomes MVP season. Viva Las he's, Vegas, baby. He's putting up, you know. Unreal numbers, <laughs> uh, interception in wise, he's putting up unreal numbers. So, I think uh, I, I, I'm picking the Chiefs in this one. Now, this might be an interesting game, but I don't know. Rams at 49ers. Um, I think Jimmy Garoppolo will take the years that he had under Tom Brady and harness that into a giant win over the Rams. Um. I'm going. I'm going with the Rams on this one. They're they're four on they're four on the road. They'll be fine. You know what? You can take Matthew Stafford off the Lions, but you can't take the Lions out of Matthew Stafford. I'm going 49ers. Jimmy G MVP. Ah, uh, you know that this is, that's an interesting game. And then bye weeks are Bears, Bengals, Giants, Texans. Boy, do the Bengals. The Texans need... are going to lose to their bye week. <laughs> boy, well, the, boy uh, do the Bengals need that bye week. Yeah. yeah. Boy, do they. The Jets already lost to their bye week. Yeah. Yeah, so I, 
you know, I thought that that was that that was fun. That was fun. It's we, a bit light over here. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, if if you think that we, I I thought that that was a lot of fun. You know, you, you got to have fun when you're doing this stuff like this because it's basically like we're just sitting around and just talking. We just mm-hmm. happen to be on the air. Um. After after a uh, six to nine loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars, you got to have fun with the show. What a great score, also. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you, you have to have fun with it, yeah. right? Yeah, you always have to have fun with it. That's that's the number one rule of the show: have fun. And second rule is just talk nonsense. Bet against Tom Brady is third rule. Or or <laughs> yeah, or bet against uh, Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, or Dan. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever Dan says, do the opposite. <laughs> All right, that that is going to do it for us here on the Blitz on ninety one point three FM WBNY. Uh, tune in for more great. Stay tuned for more good music along with uh, Samantha's story time at the top of the hour. Also, ninety one point three FM Buffalo's original alternative station since nineteen eighty two. Brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. I have been Evan De Pasquale. I've been Alex Spencer. And I am Daniel May. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next year, next week on The Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBMY. And Go as Bills. Josh Allen always says, Go Bills. Go Bills.